1: Offer with guest host, Brendan Escott, coming up right now.
0: 630 Ched and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Ched.
1: Brendan S. Scott in for Bob today. We'll the same situation on Monday as well, so... So I always say make plans to tune in or make plans to tune out. I don't know how you feel. Oilers now brought to you by Digitex. PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software, and now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money. All your devices managed at digitex.ca. You can text us at 630-630 on the Heartland Ford text line. They're not your small-town dealership with a huge new state-of-the-art facility. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. And, of course, some guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village steak and seafood cooked right at your table Japanese Village Edmonton South Downtown Northside and Sherwood Park. We're going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline right away and we'll bring aboard uh Edmonton product, longtime NHLer and now longtime color analyst of the Arizona Coyotes, Tyson Nash. Tyson, welcome back to the show. Thanks for doing this today.
0: Thanks, always uh, always great
1: to talk to you excellent well uh safe to say that the coyotes have exceeded expectations this year it's been uh, quite a second half for them i would think
0: yeah it certainly has uh you know this is in my mind the best story in the entire national hockey league what rick Tocchet has done with this group uh, the injuries that this, this team has had uh at, at one point during the season they had 10 regulars out of the lineup uh, more payroll out of the lineup than in the lineup and, and i'm not talking just fourth line pigeons. You know, fourth or sixth defenseman, I, I'm talking top-end guys. I mean, when Auntie Ranta went down the number one goaltender uh, for the Coyotes, we thought the season was done, and uh, there's just some incredible stories going on here. And uh, again, this team continues to find uh, find a way to win.
1: So it's Darcy Kemper that's taken the reins in the absence of Antti Ranta, that's correct?
0: Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, since January 1st, uh, I don't think there's a, a better goaltender in the National Hockey League uh, he has 19 wins since January 1st. Um, his goals, again, save percentage is, is absolutely off the charts. So, uh, Again, another guy that was given an opportunity to move up in the lineup, uh, like, a, like a number of guys, having a career year. I mean, no one expected uh, Darcy Kemper to start over 41 games this year, which he has, and he has dominated. Goaltending is the most important position in the game of hockey, and Darcy Kemper has, has come up huge. Uh,
1: just looking over things here right now, Brad Richardson leading the Coyotes with 16 goals on the year, so it's yeah. not as if uh, anybody's really blowing the roof off of things. Clayton Keller, I suppose, would be an offensive leader there, and I think Galchenyuk was expected to contribute a little more, but it's it's been by committee this year, hasn't it?
0: It certainly has, and uh, again, I mean, that's what makes it so much fun to play on this Coyotes team, is that everyone is counted on uh, so heavily each and every night. You, you don't have a dry style, you don't have a Connor McDavid, to go out there and hope that they, they win your hockey game and you know the other thing is when all these injuries started to accumulate this team wasn't sitting there going oh you know this is brutal season's over they were like no you know what this is my chance as a fourth line guy or a third line guy to all of a sudden be a, a top line guy or a second line guy and play power play and kill penalties and you know what I'm going to show Rick Tockett what I can do and what I'm capable of and uh, I'm hopefully going to earn another contract and I'll tell you what, there's so many guys having career years right now for the Coyotes. They don't have one single 20-goal score, which I think is the only team in the National Hockey League uh, to do that. They do have 10 guys with 10 or more goals. So I think, you know, you kind of pick your poison that way. Do you want the super, ultra superstar? Of course you do. But if you don't... You sure want uh, a lot of guys with, uh, you know, 10 or more goals, which is what's uh, happening with the Coyotes right now.
1: Chatting right now with Tyson Nash. He's the color analyst for the Arizona Coyotes broadcast. And Tyson, uh, 28th in goals per game, but 8th in the league in goals against per game. So that means to me that they're doing it with defense as much as they are uh, with scoring by committee. Fair to say?
0: Well, the big thing with this team is, is they believe. And R- Rick Tocchet has come in here and changed the culture, the identity of this team. Uh, And he's he's sold them on the fact that if you want to win, if you want to win a Stanley Cup, uh, which he's done three different times, you you have to play defense. You need good goaltending. Everyone's got to buy in. uh, And it starts in your own zone. And, you know, unless you're willing to do that, you're not going to win many hockey games. And as you mentioned, they don't score a ton of goals, five on five, uh, but they don't allow a lot of goals. So. Uh, They score timely goals. Uh, They also score a lot of shorthanded goals. I think they have 15 now in the season, which is a franchise record. I think that would be a a franchise record for a lot of teams around the National Hockey League. But uh, again, they're they're finding different ways to win.
1: And I'm glad you brought up the shorthanded goals because the penalty kill has been so much of a strength for this team this year. 85 percent, they're second in the league. What is it about the penalty kill that they've had so much success with?
0: Well, that's uh, the big thing for me is everyone, you know, talks about how many shorthanded goals, you know, that, that they've had on the season. And that's great. That's, but that's bonus time. When you're killing a penalty, you, you got to do exactly that. You have to kill it off. Special teams in today's game is everything. If you have bad special teams, there's no way, no way uh, you make the playoffs. So this is a team that's found a way to, to score, again, timely goals on the power play. Uh, They're not knocking it out of the park with the man advantage, but they certainly are uh, when they kill penalties off. And again, it comes down to goaltending. He's got to be your number one penalty killer. The oldest cliche in the book, but uh, it couldn't be more true.
1: Some of the trades that were made in the offseason, Tyson, or even uh, over the course of the year, include the removal of Max Domi and Dylan Strom in exchange for uh, a couple of guys who haven't necessarily filled the offensive void uh, to the level that I think that uh, John Chaco would have expected yet. Was it a situation maybe where there, it was addition by subtraction when you get Strom and Domi and their tenure with the Coyotes to come to an end?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously in order to get something good, you got to give up something good. And I think it was a trade that's obviously worked out for, for both sides. Uh, Max Domi is, is crushing it in Montreal. I think he was built uh, and made for a, a bigger market, uh, which he uh, which he's in right, right now in Montreal. He loves it. He thrives on it. Uh, A lot like his dad, I'm I'm sure. He's a great kid. We miss him around here. Um, But, again, when you look at uh, what the Coyotes got, Galchenyuk, he adds in the the goal scoring department, um, which is huge. Uh, Also, you know, you got a guy like Nick Schmaltz, who uh, I know he's out for the season with an injury, but this guy is an absolute stud. So you get rid of Dylan Strome, you get rid of Brendan Perlini, that we're having zero success here in Arizona, and you bring in Schmaltz, that's a good trade. And uh, and how about... uh, how about this one? You bring in Vinny Hinnestroza and Osterly, um as well in the offseason. Uh, you give up very little. Uh, Vinny Hinnestroza had a hat-trick last night. He got goal, what was it, 14, 15, and 16 last night, I believe. Um, so, I mean, uh, John Chaika has done an incredible job with what he has to work with. I mean, they, we don't have a budget like the Edmonton Oilers. Our budget is, is thin. So, you got to make do, and you got to, you know, pull the trigger on trades that work for you. And all these guys can play, and they're all fast, and they all play with pace. And the biggest thing that John Shaika likes to bring in is they're all hungry, and that's what you need.
1: And, you know, what I was just going to ask you does it take a, a particular kind of player to be able to thrive in that market? You mentioned that Domi maybe needed more of the spotlight in order to have his success. Uh, what is it about Arizona that you think that, the characteristics of a player in order to succeed there?
0: Well, if you can't skate in today's game, you, you can't play. It's, it's that simple. Um, so right now, that's what they're building for. They're, they're building for guys that are uh, looking for opportunities to uh, to increase and and you know play bigger minutes. And John Chaika has looked around the league. He's done the analytics, and he's like, all right, this guy is ready for a breakout, and he just hasn't you know had the opportunities like other guys. Maybe he's playing behind other guys in the lineup that. Maybe a change of scenery helps helps in that department. I mean, there's no stone unturned with John Schaefer and all these trades and moves that he has made. Uh, you know, I mean, you get rid of Dylan Strome, the third overall pick. Um, you know, you, at the time, it's a head scratcher, but it, it's it's worth. It's paid off, uh, and it's going to pay off long term uh, as well. So it's it's exciting to see this this young group of players come together, and right now they're building something special. You can just feel it.
1: We've got Tyson Nash on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline right now. He's the color analyst for the Arizona Coyotes. Who? Uh, it's a four-point game between the Coyotes and Oilers on Saturday. Uh, are you, what are you kind of? What are you expecting out of the Oilers group who just lost a game that most people in the city would say that they should have won against New
0: Jersey? Going well, it, it happens, right? I mean, you, I look at the Coyotes and they're they're no different. They lost to the Ducks ten days ago. Uh, they absolutely spanked them uh, last night because they're ready to they were ready to play. They're ready to go. Sometimes you call those trap games. Uh, you take your foot off the gas pedal. You think for whatever reason uh, that it might be a little bit of an easier game. But there's no easy games in the NHL. And anyone on any given night can have a big performance. Uh, as you touched on, Brad Richardson's got 16 goals. Well, he had four goals in, in one game. So, I mean, this is a guy that scored three goals last year. And he single-handedly wins you one game. So that's absolutely huge. Um, and, you know, moving forward, I think the big thing is, you know, you got 11 games left. You got to keep pushing. Uh, whoever has the best record in those next 11 games makes the playoffs. So how much fun is that as a player and a fan?
1: Well, exactly, and I think that's what's being overlooked right now by Oilers fans. There's, there's, I understand they're a little ways back, but this, this is going to be a fun stretch of 12 games here. Uh, Tyson Nash was at one point a member of the Canloops Blazers team that won three Memorial Cups. I'm curious, you, you just missed Hitchcock, right? So you had Rennie for the first Memorial Cup win and then Don Hay for the next two. But a winning culture at that time, that was the place to play hockey outside of the NHL, forget even in the junior ranks in the Blazers program. Um, just talk about, as I said, the winning culture that was there while, while you were there.
0: Well, and that's why when you see something developing like I see right now in Arizona, um, you know, you can, you can feel it. You, you feel it, you understand it because you've been there before. And that's what we went through in Kamloops. I mean, it's just a feeling in that locker room. Everyone believes, everyone is bought into what the coach is selling. And, I mean, it's exciting times right now for, uh, for Arizona. It was back when I played in Kamloops. Uh, that's when you learn to win, and that stays with you your entire life. You, you recognize how hard you had to work to win, what it takes to win, the, the sacrifices you need to make to win. Um, and, and that can only be, be learned. I mean, you, you can't have a coach teach you. Uh, you have to go out there and earn it.
1: And as somebody you played uh, quite a few years in the NHL, never really a big points guy, Tyson, but you've got to find ways to contribute when you're not a points guy or even if you are and you're not scoring. And that was something that I think the Oilers really lacked earlier in this season was when, they're, when they weren't putting the puck in the net, they also weren't doing anything else. So talking about having that winning culture just kind of ingrained in you, how did you find ways to go out there and, and uh, you know, still motivate yourself, knowing that you're not going to put up a couple of points every night?
0: Well, I think the big thing is that the league has clearly changed uh, right now. Uh, it looks to me like you need, you know, four lines of guys that can contribute on, on any given night. I mean, it just makes it that much more difficult to, to defend against a team like, say, the Coyotes that have so much balance and depth and scoring in their lineup because you can't just go out there and shut down one guy or one line. And, you know, that, that's a luxury to have. And for me. Um, it was one of those things where I had a role and I had a job to do and Joel Quinville came to me and said, listen, we got enough scores. I scored in, in the American Hockey League. I, I scored 20 goals every year. I scored over 35 in, in junior and in Camelot. So I did have that in my game, but I also had a coach in Joel Quinville come to me and say, if you want to play in the NHL, we need you to be the most hated guy in the league and this is what we need you to do. We need you to draw penalties. We need you to go out there and hit everything that moves. And if you do that, you're going to play with us. And if you don't, well, you're going to be back on that bus eating soggy subs and cold pizza. So it was a real easy decision for me. And I think that uh, as a coach in the NHL, if you can give someone a job to do and, uh, and a role to play on your team and really value that and praise him if they do that, whether they get points or don't get points, I think that is so valuable and that just makes your team that much better.
1: Can you just elaborate on, like, mentally? What kind of what what is the shift like? Knowing that y- even if you weren't a you know a uh, scrappy kind of guy in junior, and this isn't to say you've got to drop the gloves, but you maybe you're going to parts of the rink where you wouldn't typically. What what is the mental uh, transition like when you have to have to make it?
0: Well, it's it's tough, but you know, back then, I mean, the big thing for for a young kid, a rookie coming to a team is that you didn't get an opportunity. If you got called up or you were a rookie in the American Hockey League or a rookie in, in junior, you played on the fourth line. And you had to go out there and, and muck and crash and bang um, and dump the puck in uh, whether you wanted to or not. And if you didn't, you found yourself in the, in the press box or in the stands. So it was an easy decision for me. Um, and then you evolved. And that's where you have to learn to evolve as a player and go, okay, I started the, out as a fourth-line guy my first year in the, in the NHL. Well, now I wanna evolve a little bit. And I think that was probably my biggest uh, downfall is that I didn't I didn't evolve with the game today. You look at the Steve Voss and the Sean Avery's and the Darcy Tuckers, they came in as you know, as disturbers and, and guys that stirred the pot but at every year. They found a way to get better and, and better and produce more offensively, and that's what makes you laugh in the NHL.
1: We've got Tyson Nash. He's the color analyst for the Arizona Coyotes. It is Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer today on Oilers. Now, last one for you here, Tyson. You've got kind of a unique story in which you played in Japan, and I'm very curious what your thoughts on uh, just your experience in general. What, what is hockey culture like in Japan?
0: I I love that. I I mean, the culture in general is just incredible. The people are are just so kind. Um, You know, hockey is is big. Sports is big. Um, The the players over there are really, really good. They're very talented. Um, I think they lack in hockey sense. Uh, I I think that uh, you can compare it to, like, the East Coast League um, or a poor man's uh, American Hockey League, but they're very fast. They're very talented, skilled. Um, but, where they, again, where they lack is, is the hockey sense. But what, what, a, what a great experience that was for me. It was like a paid vacation. Got to end my career, travel the world. We played in China. We played in Tokyo mostly. Um, Korea. I mean, it, it was just a, an amazing, amazing experience. I was so grateful, um, you know, for everyone over uh, in Kashiro where I ended up playing for the Nippon Paper Crane.
1: Very curious how that came to be. A lot of guys, you know, at the tail end of their career, they'll find Europe, or even if not playing in one of the big leagues, they'll end up in Germany, for example. But, uh, but Japan, how did that come to fruition?
0: Well, it was one of those things for me that I was waiting and waiting. Actually, I was trying to get on with the and Oilers. Um, and I'll never forget Kevin Pentegrath. Uh, at the time, um, I was trying for a tryout. I was begging for a tryout. I'm from Sherwood Park. I'm an Edmonton guy. And obviously, you know, growing up watching the Edmonton Oilers and all those Stanley Cups, I would give them my right leg to, to put on that jersey. So I thought it would be a perfect fit for me to go there and, and stir the pot and, and ruffle some feathers. And, um, you know, I, I, I'll never forget Kevin Penegrass uh, told me that, hey, uh, yeah, we'll bring you in, but I don't even think at the time you'll, you'll make the Joey Moss Cup. And I was like, what? I'm like, are you serious? So I, I took a, a back seat. I decided not to go to Edmonton. Uh, unfortunately, it's my biggest regret um, to this day. Um, but, you know, I waited around too long. Training camps went by, and I couldn't get a job. So Jamie McClellan was in the same boat as I was, um, and we both uh, ended up uh, – well, he ended up finding uh, two jobs in, in Japan for us. And we, uh, we jumped on a bird, and, uh, and that was it. Great stuff, Tyson.
1: I really appreciate you taking the time. And, uh, you know, I wish you guys the best of luck down the stretch as well. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tyson. That is Tyson Nash. He's an Edmonton product. He's a former NHLer and, uh And color man for the Coyotes who the Oilers have coming up on Saturday. That's an 8 p.m. puck drop tomorrow, by the way. 630 for the face-off show. We're gonna step aside. It's 122 here in Edmonton. Brendan Escott filling in for Bob on Oilers Now. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. And we better give a huge shout out to studio producer Dustin Coffin for this one. Listen, I'm a fan of Rush. I'm just saying that I think Canadiana, tragically hip, especially in the hockey scene. Come on. Love it. But it is a unique taste. All right, uh, let's recap the lines here quickly before we head off for a news break. So, this is from Bob three hours ago at Oilers uh, practice today. They are jumping on the plane pretty shortly here. I think about two o'clock. They're going to head off down to the desert, but uh, they are going back with the big three at center. So, McDavid is centering Lucic and Cassian. Bob says he'll be the safest player on the ice. Well, no doubt about that. Um, Cassian's going right now, so we'll have to see how that plays out. We'll see if Lucic can, uh, can keep up with those guys and how fast they both escape. Dry Sidle centering. Chason and Tobias Reader, Nugent Hopkins centering the third line with uh, Jujar Kara and Sam Gagne. And then uh, Colby Cave on the fourth line with Ty Ratty and Josh Curry. On the back end, Clefbaum Larson, Nurse Russell, Sekera Benning. Nothing changing there. Uh, speaking of which, how about the performance of Sekera and Benning? I know that you're, you're kind of reaching when you're looking for positivity out of that New Jersey game, but genuinely, and, and the minutes were divvied up accordingly when you look at the box score. Sekera and Benning were so far and away the best pair on the ice against New Jersey. Not a bad problem to have moving forward, but you need the others to, to play to their capability without a doubt. So, again, this isn't set in stone for the game against Arizona. I think they'll more, know more about uh, about the particulars after pre-gamescape, but this is how it shook down at practice. We'll get to a couple more texts here before we uh, we head off to the break. Oh, to Grand Prairie, says, uh, I miss the old Brendan. You're trying to stay positive, but it comes off as something else. Also, Bob was a better guy when Brendan was there. Sorry, buddy. Maybe just cut the bubbles back a touch. All right. Sorry for trying to remain positive in a situation that is looking bleak. Like, what do you want me to do here? <laughs> I don't know, man. Your comments about Rush, says Topher. Finally, something we agree on. Give yourself a Roost Chris gift card. Cue up a little limelight. So actually, Topher, that one was for you. All right, uh, 128 in Edmonton. On the other side of this, we're going to the junior circuit. We're going to hear from Edmonton Oil Kings head coach Brad Lauer and also the general manager of the Sherwood Park Crusaders at 145. Kyle Chase will hear about their playoff push, which starts tonight in the second round against the Fort McMurray Oil Barons. Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stauffer on Oilers Now. We're off to a global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 6:30. Chad.